your host, Rock and Roll, and with me as always, with me as always, that sounds so lame, with me, badass as always, is my co-host, Becker. Hey, good evening, Rock and Roll, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing really well, but um, seriously, I, I almost wanted to, I want to dispense with the pleasantries, because I I want to ask you about something really cool that, uh, that just kind of popped up in your life recently. And um, by that I mean your awesome. I wish I had a sound effect ready for this. Your awesome Star Wars lightsaber, lightsaber, <laughs> lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Money, so uh, truly. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and that's so we uh, that last night week, night. didn't we? The fact that there was some massive event of a, a Star Wars wedding recently in September that uh, two crazy, crazy geeks got married in, in San Francisco and uh, did it Star Wars themed. And I, I was hooked and had to buy myself a lightsaber. There we Whoa, go. Hold up, hold up. There were sure. nerds, nerds who had a Star Wars themed wedding. I that is that is the lamest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't. No reward is worth this. And, exactly. and like I was saying, that is Nightbug on the on the studio first. Yeah, yeah, Nightbug, my uh, my new Star Wars hubby guy. Yeah, new. New. <laughs> well, not new. Uh, that that the wedding thing is new, but the uh, the actual relationship is old, way way old. He may not be anyway. up nice, didn't he? Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, um, yeah. So you were there in full regalia. The uh, Spectre was my. Um, my Sith escort. He he escorted. He walked in front of us with his with his entire dark Sith outfit uh, in front of Darth Vader and I. Darth Vader. My father is no longer with me, so my other father, Darth Vader, is my daddy, and he walked me down the aisle, and it was wonderful to have a, a Sith escorting us down the aisle. That was pretty awesome. I, yeah. That was, so. uh, that was. I mean, how often do you get the chance to do that? <laughs> right. Right, but it's weird too because you're kind of a Sith that looks like Thor, so it was, I don't know, it's just kind of messing with my mind. Sith, Thor, what? I'm a pretty what, smiley Sith. I'm a, I'm a happy-go-lucky Sith. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you got a new lightsaber. When did you get that? Uh, yeah, that just turned up today, and it's part of the same outfit which I'm going to reuse for Halloween, which is the theme oh. of our show. Segway, segway. Hey, recycling. Uh, woo! Nice segue. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that. throwing that out. Right? Oh, it's perfect because nobody's going to miss you with the lightsaber. Think about it. All the other kids are looking for those little glow bracelets and such. Yeah, uh-uh. Screw that. You got lightsaber, baby. <laughs> They'll be following you. <laughs> Can I play with your lightsaber? Yeah, like Piper of Halloween leading the local kids off right? <laughs> under a bridge what? or something. Oh, my God. Um, watch how many little kids uh, in Star Wars outfits flock to you. That's kind of scary. <laughs> but, yeah, our, our show is about Halloween, ween, ween. And, you know, um, I'm excited about Halloween. Do you love Halloween, Spectre? Oh, man, it's it's by a mile my favorite time of the year in fact i i also got married uh on as they say in the crow on on devil's night the night before halloween um and that was yes. 15 years ago this year so right due to my extreme old age i'm uh, <laughs> i'm celebrating right. my 15th wedding anniversary this week 
please, extreme old age. Oh my gosh, happy anniversary, happy early anniversary. So that's fantastic. Yeah. But wait a minute. So you pulled a crow and you got married on Devil's Night. Yeah, I mean, who gets married on Halloween? Apparently nobody. Um, that's pretty cool. It really is. That I love it. Inconceivable. Inconceivable indeed. And you know, I think it's kind of topical the fact that Devil's Night was mayhem and burning stuff and fire it up. Um, which uh, <laughs> some of our show tonight's going to be talking about some of the mayhem that may go on, and we, we've got this. Uh, article that talks around some of the 10 cities that have uh, some some weird and wonderful facts around Halloween crime and also how to avoid it and how to stay safe on Halloween because we're, we're kind of sensible as well as being stupid. You know, it's funny. It's, uh, it's you know, when you think Halloween crime, when I think of that, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, Jason and... Um, Michael Myers, you know. And yeah, Freddy Krueger. That kind of, yeah, Freddy Krueger, that kind of Halloween crime. I'm thinking slashing and killing and someone getting in your house, and that's creepy as hell. Yeah. And, you know, not that that hasn't happened, but but more likely it's going to be crime that, that we can actually prevent. You know, yeah. I, I'm not sure how many of us can actually, you know, keep a, a crazy knife-wielding guy out of our house unless you got a really big gun, like I like, but... You're about to say something. I see you're about to say something, Bug. No, I was I was saying you're talking about a Halloween crime, and I we we never got to do it. But back when we were teenagers, and we heard people talking about bag snatching, we were like, you know what we could do? We could dress up as ninjas and go around beating up bag snatchers. <laughs> but we we never took it that far. I I still think it's a good idea, but we don't promote vigilante crime. No, and we don't we don't beat people up. Usually, oh, just each other. Other than each other, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. We're all on the same page with that. So, <laughs> but yeah, the the top the ten cities that we're you know looking at. Um, when I was looking through the list and and what they actually go through, it, it opened my eyes to a couple of things, and I thought, whoa, really? They have to do that for you know that city. Um, probably open a lot of your eyes too. Uh, what else do we have? Well, I'll tell you what, as seeing as this is a Halloween episode, I think we should open the door for a few ghost stories. If people want to phone in and, <clears throat> you know, maybe tell us their, their favorite ghost stories, maybe some uh, slightly wacky off-the-wall ghost stories. I, I've got one to share if uh, if nobody else wants to. Um, but, uh, oh, you know, we, we can we can open That's up awesome. the chat rooms to to people, you know, sharing their ideas. But the big question is, this week, after some of the uh, shenanigans that we had last week, do we want to open up the uh, the lines to any callers, any and every caller? Um, yeah, I think we can handle them, because we've I always we got do. a hang-up button. And, uh, oh, last oh, week, there was, uh, there was a guy right. that phoned in that sounded remarkably similar to one Captain Blackheart. Right. They had and, me fooled. Uh, and he had a he had a very strange accent. It was very much like this. Um, but I don't know right? what kind of accent that's supposed to be. But uh, wait, wait, wait! It, it wasn't you. It couldn't. No, it couldn't be you. You were talking while he was so. talking. Okay, okay. That would be too brilliant of a scheme. That would be a brilliant scheme, actually, Spectre. I, I'd I'd go. Wow, he's he's talking <laughs> while talking. So, um, yeah, it, we are welcoming him to call us back. Him, the. The Captain Blackheart impersonator. Uh, we're welcoming him. We're challenging him to call back and have a chat with 
Maybe, Captain Blackheart, maybe not. Maybe somebody uh, who will talk to him once he calls in. So if you're out there listening, call us back, and uh, we'll put you on the air. That'll be fun. Yeah, we miss that, and and I think it would be kind of fun to have a Blackheart off on the line and uh, the (laughs) ultimate battle to to decide the real Captain Blackheart. Right. That'll be, ooh, because that guy really had me fooled, and I've spent time... (laughs) close proximity, you know, with Captain Blackheart several times, and I really thought I was talking to the real Captain Blackheart. Ah, pretty good imitation. Pretty yeah. good. So, scary stories? You want to open it? Ah! Wow. <laughs> that really scared me, dude. Yeah, yeah I need you on the fence now. Wow, I know. Thanks a lot. I, I was like, what the hell? Scary stories. That's really, and you know what? I gotta be honest, Spectre. I get, I get easily spooked when it comes to ghost stories. So if we're ever camping together, because we probably will be next summer, I swear to God, if you start telling ghost stories, I'm gonna smack you. Because <laughs> I'll never be able to leave the tent. I'll have to hold my pee all night long, and I'll just be miserable. So don't do it when we're camping. Okay. That's a deal. That's a deal. But right right now it's fine. Oh, We're good. Mention that maybe uh Yeah. Um mention what? If you're if you're in the chat room right now and you're listening live, uh sign in with the Blog Talk Radio profile. It only takes a minute and you won't have a generic guest username. And you'll yeah. be cool. Yeah. You'll be cool. <laughs> Um, and also the call-in number, if anybody wants to call in and share any stories or anything like that. Don't be shy. Don't be scared. We're nice. Uh, well, you can be a little scared because it's our uh, happy Halloween episode. Uh, our call-in number is area code 347-326-9827. Love to have you. Um, and by the way, I am missing the Giants uh, playing the Kansas City Royals right now because I I love you guys out there and and besides that I know if people aren't listening right now they can always listen to the archives tomorrow or later tonight. So go Giants. Woo. Yeah, we're oh. we're a big fan of the sports ball. <laughs> you're lucky. You're lucky, Spectre, that we're not doing this on Sundays because it wouldn't happen. I I'm, I'm a big fan of um the football and uh i'm not going to mention my team because really that just prompts people to start well actually whatever yeah i'm gonna mention my team 49ers go niners so if you hate the 49ers call up and and talk smack with call me. up so we can hang up on you we're not gonna hang up on you we love a good debate about the 49ers being the greatest team out there anyway uh yeah but it always it might start as debate but it just ends up you suck Vikings rule or whatever. Vikings rule. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings are pretty cool, but they're not my team. So, um, And we've got the microphones, right, Simon? Spectre? Yes, Scott, we do. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this this is supposed to be a geek show. I'm not tolerating this sports talk on there. I don't know what you guys are going on about. <laughs> I'm, I may hang out myself. <laughs> just, just out of spite. You're going, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I promise it won't go on for more than two minutes at a time if it ever goes on at all. There so, <laughs> and and with that, I'm going to shut up. And you want to start us off on the ghost stories? But wait, wait. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's not give you nightmares tonight. If uh, if you're of a weak disposition, I'd. Uh, 
I'd assure you to sign off now and uh, give yourself a break. Seriously? <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I want to hear them. Really? Okay, so I'm going to share with you, and, and this is a weird one, and you know, maybe this will give some people calling in some ideas. This is a, actually an ancient Japanese ghost story called uh, Gozo no Yurei. Um, the Yurei nice. is, is like a ghost. It's a Japanese ghost. Um, but they're more like demons. You know, they're, they're kind of more physical than, you know, than our, our sort of... Uh, Poltergeist type uh, Western idea, <clears throat> but uh, and and a goze is a is a blind female musician who travels around playing the shamisen, the the, the mu- musical instrument, and they typically had really beautiful voices, um, mm-hmm. but they were typical old blind women. Uh, so this is um, this was actually and and this is one of the the few ghost stories that Japanese people think of as a true story. You know, most people think of this as factual uh, to some degree. So this story takes place between 1716 and 1736 in the Kyoho era, uh, and there's a, a samurai named uh, Hotsumi Kanji who's traveling around. Uh, he's traveling to the capital, Edo, and he stops at, at an inn along the way, and he's, he has a few drinks at the bar. And, <clears throat> and, and I must say, this, this is something that resonates with me as a, a very modern story, despite it being 300 years old. Um, but so this guy's having a few drinks at the bar, and he's looking around, trying to check out the chicks, and uh, and he hears this, <laughs> this voice and this music coming from a room upstairs, and he's absolutely fixated by this voice, this beautiful singing voice. Um, and and after a few more Dutch courages to to, <laughs> to give himself the motivation, <clears throat> he uh, he he wanders upstairs, finds a darkened room, and hears this singing coming from it. He enters the room and makes passionate love to this woman inside, who is more than happy to oblige and and. Uh, so he wakes up in the morning, looks around, and she's a very old, blind, extremely ugly woman. And she's oh, wow. beaming with happiness that a man has suddenly come to her bedroom and, and given her pleasure, and he, she decides that he's her true love. Um, so he's furious that he's, he thinks he's been duped into this. Uh, so he tells her that she's going to travel to Edo with him. And as they're traveling along the road, he, they come to a ravine, and he pushes her off into <gasps> the ravine, and she dies. Oh my um, God! So he's you know he's a scumbag. He's a he's a douche nugget, yeah. as we say. Um, <laughs> so he he goes on his merry way, thinking that's you know that's that taken care of. Uh, I've, I've got my own back, um, and and pretty much completely forgets about this woman. Now a year later, he's traveling down the same road to Edo, and it's it's a long journey, and he gets to a temple and decides that he's going to camp there overnight and, and take a rest, and um, so he's uh, he, he's camping out in this uh, temple. And in the middle of the night, this specter appears before him of this, this old lady who uh, who says to him, have you already forgotten what happened last autumn? You played with me and then you threw me aside as if I was nothing. I have no eyes, but I can see you now. And ah. she pulls him, she physically pulls him as a skeleton from his bed and drags him to a grave and pulls him physically under the ground. Um, and uh, the next morning, they, the, the uh, monks from the temple find his his things laying next to the, the temple, uh, look around and find the evidence of him being dragged towards the grave. They dig up the grave, and they find his body suffocated underground, wrapped in a, a female skeleton. And, uh, uh, yeah, and, and the story is that this was the, the temple where the monks had found the body of this woman that he had thrown into the ravine and had buried her in the graveyard, and she had come to uh, to claim her lover and uh, take him with her. Wow. 
So wow. that's, that's my that's my ghost story of the night. And you know what? I, I Okay. There's a a moral to that story, and uh, maybe it's don't be a dick. Don't be right. Don't be a dick. Sorry. (laughs) Don't be a dick, and and hell hath no fury. Yeah, really. Yeah. Ooh, not liking that. That's a especially old Japanese ones. I love them because it feels like spirits around Japanese are still there, very present. Yeah, around Japan rather. So love it. Even um, their uh, even their movies have a different level of scary. Yeah. They're more creepy than rah. Yeah. You know, like yeah, exactly. And then they're they're, you know, again, their kind of ghosts are much more physical, like harmful demon type things, aren't they? They're not just you know, oh, I've slammed a door and I've knocked over a chair. I mean, <laughs> they're like scratching your eyes out and ripping your head off kind of ghosts. Yeah. Wow. Um. The have you ever seen? A ghost yourself, Spectre, with a name like Spectre. You know what? I I, I don't think so. I, I must admit, I was a very impressionable kid who believed pretty much everything and just yearned to believe pretty much everything. I mean, and I'm, I'm keeping my voice down for the fear of my kids hearing me, but I, I believed in Santa Claus until I was very old, you know, until, <laughs> I, until I physically caught my dad doing the deed, you know. <laughs> and, uh, um, what? So... You know, it's very easy to force yourself to believe things when you're an impressionable kid, I think. Oh, okay, wait a minute. You mean there's there's no Santa? That's... I was... I was... I was going to say, um, that's not okay, dude. I'm... I, <laughs> I'm actually still hoping there's that big red, you know, suited, bearded guy somewhere out in a really... Hey, I watched Polar Express. Come on, Santa's somewhere. Yeah. I mean, I, I still I still try to believe as well, and and the biggest secret I have is that I am him. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's good. <laughs> we can't let your girls hear these shows. <laughs> no, no that's right. Delete those. That's it. Um, oh, we've got. Do we have a call already? Really? Oh wow. Hmm. All right. Let's see who this caller is. Unknown caller. Uh. All right. Let's let them on. Ready? Hello, caller. You're on the air. Who are you and where are you from? Who? Who is it? Am I on right now? You are on right now. Oh, it's your old friend, Agent Wraith. Agent Wraith. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so Real life super villain. I was just going to say, those who aren't familiar with uh, someone named Agent Wraith, the show is is a uh, well for one thing it's hosted by a couple of uh, real life superheroes although we don't call ourselves that but we are what the hell and uh we we hang out and about in the real life superhero community and there are real life superheroes and real life supervillains and agent wraith happens to be one of the latter a real life super so we've got you on a halloween show agent wraith that's uh that's pretty fitting what are you doing? What are you oh, up to? That works because I don't have a body. <laughs> awesome. So that's excellent. So basically, we get a disembodied caller to call us on a Halloween show. I'm digging that. That's that fits somehow. So, Agent Wraith, what do you what do you want to say tonight? Do you want to share something? You want to share a story or anything else on on Heroes Radio? Oh, I'm a ghost. 
<laughs> Spectre, do you want to deal with Agent Wraith's ghostliness? Because I'm getting nowhere here. <laughs> I would I would love to. So, so Agent Wraith, it, 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 does this mean for you a ghost story is just doing the, you know, doing the groceries or the laundry? Is that, is that pretty much a ghost story for you? Or? Well, a dead man doesn't eat, and all we ever do is just haunt people on the radio shows. <laughs> we we don't mind. We kind of appreciate it. It's, uh, it's just nice to have company. It's nice to feel loved. Yeah, let's think about well, this. You're How doing a other... fine job. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How many other radio shows have ghosts calling in and haunting them? That's that's pretty that's pretty badass. If you ask hey, me. Hey, Agent Race, could you say for me um, something along the lines of you took my lucky charms? <laughs> oh, you've taken me lucky charms. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I thought you sounded familiar. Oh, man. Agent Race, uh, that's pretty cool. That's we, the uh, way we like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. With a voice? like that you've got i i'd love to hear you sing something you got any halloween tunes you want to you want to dish out for us oh you're putting me on the you're putting me on the spot now um, you're on the radio of course you're on the spot here you go <laughs> um, 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 well ghosts don't know very many songs so uh, <laughs> you've got to be able to knock out at least a verse of the monster mash surely Right. Uh, no. Cat, <laughs> Cat, Cat for the friendly ghost. How about Cat for the friendly ghost? Cat for the friendly ghost. The friendliest <laughs> ghost was he. And I don't know the shit, and I don't know what else to say. Cat <laughs> for the friendly ghost. We worship the friendly ghost, you know, over oh. here on the other side. We love him. He's one of our favorites. <laughs> Agent Wraith, what are you going to be doing on Halloween night? Probably calling in and spooking everyone else on their podcasts. <laughs> You're not going to go out and hang about and scare children? I would. Oh, well, I... The only children that I can scare are ones that are very small. <laughs> <laughs> put yourself on mute at any time. You're welcome to just uh, chill out for the rest of the show with us. I don't have a body. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You and that stupid, stupid sound bite. It, you know why I don't like it? Because it keeps scaring me. Yeah. I'd, I'd complain it. that this is a family show, but I think I just killed Santa earlier anyway, so uh, it's, <laughs> I probably I, you started did. this. You did. Um, Agent Race, would you care about being on a, like I said, we can leave you on the line, and you can always pipe up when you want, or you can, uh, do, what do you feel like doing? I'll do whatever you'd like. I'll stay on if you'd like. Yeah. It's good to, on a Halloween show, it's good to have a, a ghost uh, yeah. kind of you know, keeping you company. The so, uh, yeah, exactly. 
So, yeah, feel free. Feel free to, you can, if you want to eat a, oh, you don't eat. I was going to say, ghosts don't eat. God damn it. I can't remember. Um, i tell you, if you want to eat a sandwich, you can always mute yourself and come back in anytime you want. But you know what? I'm going to leave it up to you. You're a ghost after all. I don't want you coming in and haunting our house at night because ghosts can do that. But we are going to uh, tell another ghost story, if that's okay, Simon? Specter? God. Yeah, well, I, I, I must admit, I haven't got one. <laughs> so, I've got, you know what? I've got a couple, and it's only Ooh, because... Oh, I want to hear your ghost stories. Yeah, you know, I always... It's it's a shame, because they I never forgot about them, and uh, they kind of screwed me up for life, but, but they're well, pretty cool. No, I don't cool want to too. hear them. Yeah, well, no. I kind of do. They're, they're not horrible. They're uh, We... When I was um, 13, I was staying the night uh, at my aunt and uncle's house down in Southern California. My family, my dad had uh, seven brothers and sisters, big family, big, huge family. So, um, and they all lived down south, down in Southern California. So whenever we would go down there, there'd be a family gathering. There'd be, we'd do that like three times a year. There'd be a big reunion. And to accommodate everybody, because everybody just popped out those kids. So every family had at least four or five kids in the family. Um, so to accommodate all of us, my uncle had this big old, old fashioned um, motor home in his backyard and it had been there forever, but it was still, you know, it's, it was still functional. It was really, really old, but functional. And um, one night um, myself and my sister and my cousin and uh, two other cousins all stayed in the big giant motorhome that night because uh, the the main house was filled up. So my sister, my cousin, and I were sleeping in this giant bed together. We all shared the bed because other, you know, otherwise you're sleeping on the floor. We're just so full because there were already two other people sleeping on the little living room sofa part, you know, in the in the big trailer. So you picture this big long trailer, and this trailer you can see from the bed into the living room. It's just like one straight shot, kind of like a shotgun house in uh, New Orleans. Okay, so it's late at night, and I'm I'm a light sleeper. Seriously, you can pass your hand over my face, and I will wake up. I hate it, but that's just how I am. So it's, it's late at night, and I'm getting a little cold, even though I'm sleeping between my sister and my cousin, and I, I hear a little bit of a noise in the bathroom, and I can... You, I can see through the bathroom door and the shower curtain is, is kind of shaking. And this is a warm summer night, mind you, so there's no wind outside. There's nothing but the shower curtain shaking. I'm thinking, is one of my cousins in the shower? What the hell, man? It's like 3 in the morning or whatever it is. And nope, nobody was. So I shifted a little and uh, ended up on my back with my uh, blankets, you know, uh, just about up to my chin. And it got colder and I felt like someone was watching me. So I pulled down the sheet a little bit and looked, I tilted my head up and looked at the foot of the bed. And I swear to God, there was a full-size person standing and looking at me. You guys ever see Ghostbusters? Oh, remember yeah. the remember the librarian? Oh, man, yeah. How she was, okay, this was... It was so, when I saw Ghostbusters, it freaked the hell, that scene 
creeped the hell out of me because it was almost what the lady looked like to me. It was an older lady. Yeah, and she had her hair in a bun. And she I, I can't remember her clothing, but I do remember her face and I remember the hair in the bun. And I, I, I don't think I've ever been in shock in my life, but I think I was in shock right then. And I could barely move or breathe. And I remember it felt like an eternity trying to pull the blanket over my face as slowly as humanly possible. And I closed my eyes because I didn't want to look at her anymore. She was just looking at me. And the thing is, I could see through her into the freaking living room. So my cousins, yeah, my cousins were right there sleeping. So I had the blanket over my face and I was shaking horribly shaking just you know almost uncontrollably and then my sister you know I guess the shaking woke her up and she's like oh what you know and and uh and I go nothing sorry and I looked again and the lady was gone and I wasn't asleep I was wide awake so the next morning um I tell my cousins I tell everybody oh my god I'm never sleeping in there again this is what happened this is what happened and when we went into the house that morning um, my uncle and, you know, everybody, well, how, how'd you guys sleep? How'd you do? And I said, I'm never sleeping in there again. I was freaked out. I was obviously completely freaked out and spooked. And my uncle says, oh, so you saw her. And I said, what, what? And he says, oh yeah, that's, that's a, and he said her name. That's the old lady that she, she, that used to be her trailer and she died in there, but she's not dangerous. She's, you know, she's friendly. So I hadn't been the only one to see her, but needless to say, I never, ever slept in that damn trailer after that. Oh, so. I'm so scared. You shut up. That's <laughs> Man, it I was scary. It was. It was scary. It was my. So if anybody ever says, "Do you believe in ghosts?" Hell yeah, I believe in ghosts. I saw one right in front of my face, right there. You know, and I could see right through her. So, um, yeah, that that uh. That was one. Um, uh, Agent Wraith, do you have a ghost story of any kind? Any of your friends of, you know, if you're still there? I'm still here. I don't have a body. (laughs) 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 But I have a spaceship. I heard you had a body in the freezer. Okay, so I'll see you later, huh? I'll give you a call. (laughs) Ignore that, Agent Wraith. You're welcome to stay here with us. Well, no, you know what you were, you were just saying. I mean, not, not that I'm trying to say <clears throat> that your ghost story is <clears throat> is due to imagination, but uh, obviously a lot of a lot of ghost stories could be. And right. <clears throat> when I was a kid, I, I had things that I was afraid of that were pure imagination. Like I, I imagined, for whatever reason, that if I didn't get from turning off my bedroom light by my door to my bedroom into my bed within seven seconds, I would just die. That I would just somehow just cease to exist and just wow. die, and my parents would just find me gone. And uh, however I dreamt up this, I have no idea. Um, but one of my kids has exactly the same thing that she she has all these things she's invented about evil spirits that live in her room and all these things that she has to do to protect and this whole ritual she has to go through to kind of protect herself against them and uh, and you know what I would rather be one of those freaky kids who imagines crazy crap like that than one of the boring kids who says, well, actually, no, of course there are no such things as ghosts. It's logically impossible and, you know, is just a, a boring gray person. I, I don't know. That's just right. my thought. 
No, 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 because it takes an element of imagination to be able to see beyond, you know, what's right in front of you. And and if we have the, the ghost stories there, if we believe in in something that's that's unseen, I think your imagination is more active, number one. And I think it's healthy to have the rituals and to have the, you know, um, the belief that if you can do, if you do this, this won't happen. Because it gives you an element of control. In, in an otherwise, you know, at least a perception of, of control. And I think that's fine, you know, if, if that's how kids can handle being more comfortable at night and not being scared shitless. Yeah, absolutely. Let them, you know, have yeah. their – but was it really seven seconds? It had to be seven – or is that just – Yeah, yeah, that's right. And you had to be under the <laughs> covers with nothing poking out, you know. And if, if you looked within that seven seconds, you'd also die and it was – um, but you know, actually, I mean, when you think about it, that that's a lot of how they they uh, I guess cure or alleviate symptoms of things like agoraphobia. Um, right. You know, when you're terrified of going out out of doors, it's it's you know taking small steps and uh, taking control over your situation and and you know becoming the boss of the thing. And and I guess you know, I guess like you say, it's a similar kind of mindset. Right, right. In our chat room, I see that uh, uh, Geek Pile Radio, which is uh, which is in the chat room right now. Welcome, and welcome to everybody else we see. Um, was asking, did it, has anyone ever been pranked or tricked Halloween? Um, I only ever got treats. And Titus Lupus RLSH says, nope, I hand out a lot of candy so I don't get pranked. So that's that's pretty cool. So, yeah, really, if you hand out candy to me, I'm not going to prank you. I know where my money is, My, I mean, my sweets are. So, um Thanks, you guys, for being in the chat room. If you have anything you want us to ask on the air, please, by all means, uh, give us the questions in the chat room. Or if you have any stories, let us know. I have a story. Oh, yeah, I'd, story. I'd you, what, I, I, you know, from that, that thing about uh, giving out candy, this actually makes me, and, and this is kind of way out of order, but I, this makes me want to lead on to our villain of the week, who I, you guys may have heard of this one. Um, this is a guy who apparently lives in a very, very wealthy neighborhood who wrote a um, a, a letter into uh, this uh, Dear Prudence column that I, I just happened to fall into it online. But uh, I must admit, it kind of made my blood boil. But uh, her response was also pretty cool and, and made the guy seem like a douchebag. But um, this kind of, you know, I guess it leads back to my earlier douche nugget comments, but um, <laughs> this, this guy writes into Dear Prudence. Uh, he says, Dear Prudence, I live in one of the wealthiest neighborhoods in the country, but on one of the more modest streets. Modest is in, in, is in quotation marks. Oh, wow. Uh, he says, on his street live mostly doctors and lawyers and family business owners. Oh. So just average working class Joes. Um, I read this one. All right, right go on. Man. I do. So, yeah, I do so he says he lives a few blocks away from billionaires, families with famous last names, media moguls, etc. He says, I've noticed that on Halloween, what seems like 75% of the trick-or-treaters are clearly not from this neighborhood. Kids arrive in overflowing cars from less fortunate areas. I feel this is inappropriate. Halloween isn't a social service or a charity in which I have to buy candy for less fortunate children. Obviously, this makes me feel like a terrible person because what's the big deal about making less fortunate kids happy on a holiday but it just bugs me because we already pay more than enough taxes towards actual social services should halloween really be a neighborhood activity or is it a legitimately free-for-all in which people hunt down the best candy grounds for their kids 
And he actually uh, he, he names himself Halloween for the ninety nine percent this douchebag. Um, oh my. <laughs> yeah right. So Prudence's reply to this, which I, I think is just awesome, she starts off pretty reasonable. She says, in the urban area where I used to live, families who were not from the immediate area would come in fairly large groups to trick or treat on our streets, which were safe, well lit, and full of people overstocked with candy. It was delightful to see the Little Mermaid, Spider Men, ghosts, and the occasional axe murderer excitedly run up and down our, f- our front steps, having the time of their <laughs> lives. So we'd happily spend an extra twenty dollars to make sure we had enough candy for the kids who weren't as fortunate as ours. There you are, 99, on the impoverished side of Greenwich or Beverly Hills with the other struggling lawyers, doctors, and business owners. Your wine makes me kind of wish that people from the actual poor side of town come this year, not with scary costumes, but with real pitchforks. Stop being callous and miserly and go to Costco, you cheapskate, and get enough candy to fill the bags of the kids who come one day a year to marvel at how you 1% live. <laughs> so, uh, oh, bravo. Bravo. Yeah, so, you know that, that was kind of my my douchebag of the week. Not necessarily a villain, but uh, you know, I, I think uh, it kind of it kind of disappointing when people think that they pay their taxes and therefore, uh, you know, that that's their due. Oh my no! You know what? That was douchebaggery on so um, so many levels. Uh, let's see. Okay. Hi. Oh, see, so Geek Pile is saying total bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we agree. Wow. Um, and also uh, saying that uh, Rock knows all about Grand Avenue and the treats they give out. Um, F that douche. Grand Avenue in our area is this giant um, street that has literally thousands of kids um, trick-or-treating. And the reason it does, in fact, if you're looking at any of Geek Piles, I mean, I'm sorry, of uh, Heroes Radio's uh, slideshow, the pictures on the slideshow, um, and if you don't see them, you can see them after the show. They're still going to be on there. There are pictures of Grand Avenue, and Grand Avenue in our town has gigantic Victorian homes. There, there's these. They're just the smaller side of mansions. These guys go insane, and they make sure to load up. It's almost an unspoken thing in the neighborhood. They all try to outdo each other with the decorations because they get so excited that the kids are coming. Um, these guys are very well-to-do, but just like the lady who responded to him, uh, Prudence, she, uh, she's right. They go out and they get a little bit more candy for the kids. Yeah. Um, and I, I must and, admit, the town I live in is <clears throat> it's, it's pretty similar. It's, it's got some really nice areas. It's got some, some you know less less affluent areas. But the street I used to live on, um, every family would put out like whole big plastic cauldrons of candy for, so kids could just help themselves. And uh, one one guy on my street actually held a hog roast last year. He literally held oh. a hog roast. And How lovely! Yeah, to the parents who were walking around with their kids, he'd give them a free beer as they passed his house. And you know that that to me is a spirit of Halloween, not these miserly douchebags. Exactly. What the hell is that? Halloween is my second favorite uh, holiday. Then again, don't oh. don't quote me on the free beer for parents when uh, when we go through the uh, the, the <laughs> crime prevention tips later. Right. Exactly. Here we have a. Uh... Titus Lupus RLSH in the, chat, in the room? Uh, chat room here. Yeah, he's saying uh, Halloween's based on the old Celtic Samain Samos, where the gates to the other worlds, including the underworld, were open for the night. Right. So no reason to. Yeah, the veil is very so, thin right now. If the gates to the 
underworld will can stay be open. open. Surely right. you can keep your porch light on and give out a few candies to some kids exactly. who want to have fun. Exactly. Um, <laughs> no, that is definitely the villain of the week. And I'd say that she, do you have a hero of the week or is that, would you, would we qualify her as, as a hero? That's, <laughs> I loved the way she responded to him. Um, yeah, you know, I must admit, my heroes of the week this week, I think are just the people who get into the spirit of Halloween, fill a, I was going to say a, a bad word then, fill a, a flipping huge bowl full of candy and, and just give it out <laughs> to kids. You know, I mean, that's what life's all about. And and, and I must admit, you know, I, I, as you may have noticed from the accent, I come from the UK. And, and Halloween's really uh-uh. not a big thing over there. And, and it's actually kind of a, you know, it's almost more of a sinister thing. And, and you know, when I was a teenager, up to no good, um, most of like the 15, 16 year old kids would go out and nobody gave out candy, but everyone would take eggs and egg each other's houses. And, and it, it really became like, you know, a real hot spot for trouble Halloween night. And, you know, in the U.S., um, I guess even right. though there isn't such a long tradition as, you know, it's not part of the local culture, but it's, it's still so much more of a fun holiday than it was uh, when I grew up. You know, that's that it. I wasn't aware of that until we well we had our conference call last night and we were speaking to our other um hero initiative group member um from the UK um Joe Joe London Joe Falica uh either name but he you know I was saying what are you going to do on Halloween are you going to and he was saying that yeah the UK it's not as big over there I guess I just took it for granted that um unlike Christmas you know uh it's it's not as celebrated because I always thought, why wouldn't anyone want a holiday where you dress up in costumes, everything's scary, and you get candy? You know, that just sounds like something that you'd want to have all around the world. But yeah, I guess. Every day. Every day. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, in, in the UK, it's it, there's still much more of a religious thing behind it. You've still got All Saints Day, and you've got as uh, as uh, Titus Lupus guy here in the chat room said was uh, there, there's the old holiday, uh, holiday of Samhain as well, which was around mm-hmm. the same time of year. And uh, um, you know, there, there's still some significance to that. And 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 some people who take those old religions very seriously, whichever side of the fence you fall on. So, um, you know, I guess that there is actually genuinely a much more sinister and, and scary side to it uh, if you're on that side of the pond. It's, it's not so much of a kid's holiday. Wow. There's, there's something, you know, that, that adults and, and particularly parents, you know, typically, unless you live in a very small community where you feel safe, you don't let your kids out. Um, wow. You, you, you never let your kids go trick-or-treating on their own over there. It's, uh, you know, it just doesn't feel safe to do so. My goodness, Steve, now you learned something, kids, if you're like me and you had no idea because that's that's kind of good. It gives me a little bit of a chill to think that's not a safe night to let the kids out. That's creepy. Cool, you know, like as a teenager, yeah. when you get to that age and you can just wander around the dark alleyways being a creepy loser. Right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of cool. It's like being in the New York Hero Initiative. <laughs> And no, I, I didn't I, say that. Oh, yeah, yeah, you did. I heard it. We can always uh, delete it later, but yeah. we won't. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, with that, because um, I was going to ask you what your favorite costumes were or what your favorite, um, goodness, you know, there's your favorite costumes or your favorite uh, Halloween that you've had. But, you know, coming from the U.K., we're going to have completely different experiences. 
<laughs> Actually, you know what? My my only Halloween costume in the UK, which was my favourite, was London has all the tricks and no treats. Yeah, that's right, Geek Pile. Um, yeah, my <laughs> only costume I ever did when I was 16 in the UK um, was I dressed up as the Ultimate Warrior from uh, WWF at the time. <laughs> and I did like the, the neon armbands and the face paint and I had the hair and I just literally ran around my town in a pair of much too small shorts. Uh, being the ultimate warrior, and and there was no theme to it. I wasn't going to a party. I was I was like with two friends who were just dressed completely normally. Um, but it was a fun night. You know, <laughs> how about yourself, Rock? We show. are giggling. We are giggling the hell out of us right now listening to that. And and please tell me you have pictures somewhere. No, I didn't know. Fortunately, oh. that was the days before cell phones. <laughs> no, yeah. no selfies of me as the I ultimate warrior. We're gonna have to picture. We're gonna have to post a picture of you um, on the uh, Heroes 101 Radio <laughs> Facebook site. <laughs> oh man! Ah, oh, Halloween costumes, my favorite. Um, you know, this is this is uh, for Captain Blackheart, uh, but. Call it boring, but I I loved loved my pirate outfit, only because I really took some time. It, I had it made, and I had it. Uh, I had actually a um, a broadsword that I that I strapped onto the side of me, and uh, I made sure that everything was detailed. And, and this was before all the pirate craziness, you know, because everybody's a sexy pirate now. Um, but yeah, I, I loved. In fact, we won a, a Halloween costume party. Um, we won for the best costume that night because they were really authentic, and that was that was a lot of fun. So um, that was my favorite costume, I think. Unless I'm forgetting some really cool costume that we did. I know you had a Venom costume custom made once, didn't you, Bug? Uh, it wasn't Venom. Oh, it was Black Spider Man. It was yeah. Black Costume Spider. That one was. The first one I went out and tried to find someone to have make for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're still, gonna to, we're gonna have to post a picture. There's, out. Yeah, there's a picture or two out there. But still, my favorite costumes from over the years were the the I was Spider-Man so many years. Well, in case you guys don't know, he is a Spider-Man freak. Yeah, that's my one tattoo is Spider-Man tattoo. <laughs> but uh, still, from from uh, over the years. The best costume I had was the the Spider-Man costume my mom helped make. And I don't know if there's any pictures of it around anymore. But in an era where of the the, what were they the the Bob Cooper box Halloween costumes, remember those? Yeah, yeah, hard half masks, the the vinyl the vinyl suits. They were usually pretty terrible looking. Yeah. Um, In that era, having a Spider-Man suit that you could actually wear under your normal clothing and then bust it out. So cool. Like I the one year I the first year I had it, I was able to like duck into the closet at school and then come out as Spider-Man. Everyone's like, "What?" <laughs> that is too cool. <laughs> Were you grade school? That was grade school. I was probably like 4th awesome. or 5th grade. That's no. fantastic. You know, please, I'm trying to tell say- me that you still have that now. No, you know what makes me mad? I think the parents threw it out at some point and didn't tell me Aww. because I had a uh, our our garage had had a series of drawers at the back in like the work area, and I I remember you know trying to play the part and like hide the costume away. <laughs> I used I used to run around 
I used to run around in it for the neighborhood kids, and they'd try and catch me, and I'd, I'd, I'd jump over something and disappear and then come out as me. Oh, man, that's precious. And I'd be like, oh, that wasn't me. That but, um, is precious. But I, I hid it in the back wow. of the garage, and I, it, it, it just disappeared. Wow. I think one of them I mean, probably went bad, and they threw it out. And that thus led <laughs> to your life as a real-life superhero. Yeah, my whole life. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man. You know the um the coolest thing is when you've got a parent making one for you. Right now Vector is making um a an ODST for those of you who play Halo. Uh he's making a custom ODST costume for our son and he's uh, he's making it all out of foam core. Is it foam foam core? Not foam core. It's a little thicker than that. It's yeah. Yeah. It's like mar- largely made out of uh like like yoga mats. Like almost something. like thicker than yoga mats. Those foam, you know, little puzzle piece mats that you can buy at the store. Well, he's painted them all the appropriate colors and this spoiled little child. You know, mommy was just going to sew him something simple, but no, you know. <laughs> anyway, um so uh, so my my equivalent of that for my uh, you know no one in my family is in any way artistically skilled or creative in any way and my daughter is obsessed with being a creeper from Minecraft and oh, her creeper awesome. costume currently consists of two cardboard boxes which have had nothing done to them at all at this point. <laughs> and we're now like two nights away from well three nights away from Halloween and I just think she's going to be on Halloween. Daddy, my costume sucks. And just, it's, uh, yeah, it's ne- never going to fly. This is <laughs> going to be a dismal oh, fail. The creeper's so cool, but you just need a lot of green paint. Green and, well, green, different colors of green paint and black. That's, yeah, that's tough. But you know, at the spirit stores, I've seen they have creeper masks. Ah, that could be my save. That could be my saving grace. <laughs> Good old go. spirit stores. <laughs> Now over here, I know they had them. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I hope got one on every corner in New York at the moment. <laughs> oh right, right. Because this is when they pop up. They're like, yeah, yeah, for a week and then they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> they're, the I was going to say they're like Ebola. They're popping up everywhere. And I say <laughs> I say that absolutely jokingly because Too I just soon. think it's, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous the way that everybody's going off the deep end about the the whole Ebola thing. It's it's unless you're having sex or swapping spit or cutting yourself open next to anyone who's got Ebola, next to any of the three people in the United States that have had Ebola, you're, I think you're okay. I think you have more to worry about with the flu. So just, you know, chill out, everyone. Okay. How do you know, though? I mean, I'm having sex and swapping spit and cutting myself open right now, and I don't know if the people next to me have Ebola. That's my that's my concern. You're living the high life there, right? <laughs> living the dream, right? Right. <laughs> you live on the edge. That's what you get, buddy. So um, I'm, I'm wondering if uh, we should go into our crime chat because we've got, you know, we've got some real life superheroes in the chat room, real life villains. And uh, yeah. that, uh, that crime stuff that happens, because, you know, it's all fun. It's all fun in games. And Halloween's, like I said, it's one of my absolute favorite times of the year. This is the first time in 10 years that we're not having a Halloween party. The first time in 10. We've had one for the last 10 years. And we're not because we just had a birthday party a couple of weeks ago. So it's we're, we're kind of partied out. We're going, yeah, we're, we're you know, 
But it's a shame because we've got like six boxes of Halloween decorations that are sitting in the garage that we haven't even busted open yet. That's okay. I think this will be the one year that we go out and we, we you know, trick-or-treat like crazy people. So um, anyway, Halloween, what was I? I was I just lost my, my whole train of thought. Got derailed. We were just about to dive into, into crazy regional crime stories. That's right. That's right. I was saying it was all fun and games, but Until things do happen. Until someone by a gorilla. That's... Thank you. Well, that that could be fun, but but yeah, that's uh, talking about these crimes. Things do happen, and they don't have to be the Michael Myers type of "I've got a machete and I'm after you" type of a uh, crime scenes. They can be, you know, crime in itself is scary. So with that, I'll let Spectre take it away and uh, let us know what's been going on in some of the Halloween hotspots around the country. Well, yeah, I'm like the BBC News tonight. It's uh... you are. <laughs> I hope it's soothing to you people out there. Um, so yeah, this is this is a report which is broken down into different cities and uh, just weird and wonderful things that have been going on. Well, not so wonderful uh, things that have been going on in those cities. So uh, the first one's about Orlando in Florida, and uh, Halloween seems to be a particular problem for for Orlando that the, the crime takes a, a fair spike. And there's there's a lot of debate out there about whether Halloween really causes spikes in crime. You know, lot, lots of cities report that, that nothing happens, you know. Uh, there's one of these about the fact that the weather's colder, people don't want to go out, everyone stays inside and has parties, and they're all pretty well behaved, and not, not much happens. But Orlando is, is the exception to that. Um, and in Orlando, there's been a whole load of stuff uh, going on. Two men in gorilla masks recently pistol-whipped a man uh, trying to deposit money at a credit union. Um, two robbers wearing Halloween masks uh, dragged a guy behind a restaurant and stabbed him. Um, oh. So, you know, it's uh, it's serious stuff. It's, it's not uh, as much as we're, we're joking around tonight. There, there's serious stuff happening out there. Um, what's crazy in particular about Orlando is that there's a specific law there that if you commit a crime while you're wearing a mask, um, you can face ramped up charges. And the only time that that's not applicable is during Halloween um, and, and during specific kind of masquerade parties. Um, but yeah, so if in Orlando, normally on any other day of the year, if you're wearing a mask and you commit a crime, you can actually, uh, and, and you're over 16 years of age, you can go to, you can go away for much longer than if you were just caught uh, normally. And the reason for that, which is pretty sad in itself, I think, uh, dates back to the days of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, where obviously the, the, the authorities were trying to prevent members from wearing hoods in public during their Klan marches. Um, and the crazy... Mm. Since that law was passed in 1951, it's been used 203 times uh, in Orlando. Wow. So, uh, you know, some, some crazy stuff about masks there in Orlando. Um, but uh, the, I guess the point there is that in Halloween, you can wear a mask and commit a crime in Orlando, and you get treated as, as you would anywhere else. So, yeah, <laughs> My scary. goodness. It's like the purge. Just like the purge. Well, it is just seen, like the purge. Yeah. I haven't seen the purge. Oh, well, I haven't seen it either. I well, know you know that's uh, that's a good point to make because the um, there are a lot of real life superheroes that we know of in Orlando. Well, in Florida, and uh, if they get caught doing anything, and and really, you don't. I know that they're trying to fight crime, but if they've got even say a stun gun or something that's illegal out there, and they're wearing a mask. That's going to bring the charges up. So those of you real-life superheroes who are out there, you better know your ordinances and whether or not you can use a mask, number one, and will it get you in more trouble if you're caught with 
something that you shouldn't have or doing something that you thought was legal and yet turns out to not be. So just just be smart. Take a Citizens Police Academy class and, and know your ordinances. So Yeah, good advice. One and, of, you know, the other thing that, that jumps into my head with, with Orlando is the fact that I've been there and I felt like I was robbed every time, but I was in <laughs> Disney World. So oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, maybe that's a different kind of crime. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, Disneyland during Halloween. Oh man, who wouldn't want to do that? They, they, I, oh, love the way they decorate. So anyway, anyway. Jack Skellington and yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So let's let's go a bit closer to uh, to your side of the fence over there, rock and roll. So Orange County, California. I I lived there for a oh, while yeah. actually back in the day. Um, I didn't know and, that. Wow. Yeah, it was you know it was a pretty uh, affluent place. But uh, um, so, so in Orange County in California, apparently by law now there, there's a new law that's been passed that says that sex offenders have to post signs on their doors at, at Halloween to keep trick-or-treaters from knocking there. So literally, uh, they have to put at least a one-foot-by-two-foot-in-size uh, sign saying no candy or treats at this residence on their door. And if they don't, they can be uh, given a $1,000 fine or a year in jail. You know, I saw that, and it blew me away. And I thought, you know, that's fine with me, actually, because, you know... Th- even if they're trying to reform, better safe than sorry, keep these little kids, you know, safe. And I'm glad they're making them do that. A $1,000 fine? Yeah, put that sign up. Well, Why you know, you know what's well, – yeah, and I must say I, I 100% agree. You know, as a parent, I, I mm-hmm. would just rather be better safe than sorry. And, you know, I, I don't want to get into a whole debate about, around whether people can change and whatever. But right. there was a, a federal lawsuit filed uh, late last year um, saying that this was in breach of the First Amendment rights and puts the families of, of uh, sex offenders and their families at risk. Um, and apparently, although that there are more than 80 registered sex offenders living in Orange County alone, um, in September this year, uh, the, there was actually a four to zero vote, and the city revoked that law. So, uh, you know, so the, the, and the, the rationale behind it was that they didn't want to bring unnecessary scrutiny to any particular individual. So, uh, right or wrong, that's that's where they stand now. Wow. Okay, so, yeah. but yeah, I'm with you, because I'm a parent also, so, um, yeah, I'd, I'd be all for the sign. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Um, so, burglars, burglars is another, apparently in uh, Georgetown, uh, and you know, I, being a foreigner, I have no idea where these places are unless I've lived in them, so, <laughs> Georgetown is uh. in Washington, D.C., apparently, uh, not Georgetown, Massachusetts, which is right. apparently another place in this great right. country. Um, so <laughs> uh, apparently burglaries really go up um, around Halloween there. And uh, when it's uh, and, and there, there are massive, massive spikes if Halloween falls near a weekend, which is, you know, not surprising. Everybody's drinking, everybody's partying. Um, and right. I, I guess more people are out of their houses as well. Um, but they, they say if Halloween falls on a weekend or is close to a weekend, uh, then they have four times as many burglaries uh, and uh, sorry, four times as many thefts as they normally do uh, you know, during a week. And that's what I was expecting to see because it's true. We know that people are going to take their kids out and we know when a house is really quiet, there's usually, you know, if you're looking for a house to break into, look for one that's dark, you know, and a lot of people will keep their houses dark to let kids who are trick-or-treating, to let the little trick-or-treaters know, no, there's no candy here, there's no one here. But that's 
you know, that works against them because the burglars also know, oh, there's no one here. So uh, lock it up, people. Get a dog or get one of those dog barker things, you know, that, you know that what, sounds though? like you've got a real dog. I mean, would that? kind of frightened, though? If, if you were burgling a house on Halloween and you're creeping through this dark mansion, and wouldn't you just know that Michael Myers is going to step out of some darkened doorway behind you and just stab you in the back of the head with a machete or something? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just Yeah, me. that's... You're like me. You've watched way too much TV. And yes, <gasps> I would. Damn it! <laughs> way too much TV. Is that a thing? Wow. Oh, man. You and that stupid... <laughs> he's going to get it later. Oh, he's so happy he has that little... I've stopped doing it when you stopped laughing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, I would, I'd be afraid of that, and it, because you know, if something's gonna happen, it's gonna happen. If something creepy like that is gonna yeah. happen, it's gonna happen on Halloween, because that's just how that goes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, you did so, scare uh, me, Buck. <laughs> so, so next on our next on our list is South Los Angeles, which you know, I, I think you and I have probably both been there, and it's it's not, yeah, you know, it's an area that has its challenges, and it's it's oh issues. yeah, uh, yeah, big time. Um, so LAPD this year and, and last year as well have been uh, sending huge tasks force out, task forces out to try to uh, stem the, the violence and, and the thefts and the other uh, and, and also just random you know kids being run down by uh, by moving cars and things like that. Apparently uh, in South LA now <clears throat> they see no greater crime on Halloween than they do any other time of the year. Um, I don't know you know personally I'm wondering whether that justifies. Or is is either caused by or justifies a massive army of police heading out there at taxpayers' expense. But uh, call me a cynic. I know, no, right there with you because you know either they're you know you've heard about the police departments that will actually if a body is on a borderline of one city or the other they will make sure that that body is reported on the other uh, city's border so to bring back to bring down the uh, crime rate statistic in their city. So you know, nobody's going to run out and say, "Yeah, we've got more crime. We've got more crime." I, I think they're, 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 you know, their numbers aren't quite uh, accurate. And um, if they were, you know, why would you need? Like you said, why would you need this massive force out there? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they know, just like we know, just like we know every day in South Central LA what it's like out there, and, and I'm thinking that there there's a huge spike but who wants to bring more negative attention to to that part of the you know yeah. of the city so and yeah. I, I must say you know it makes me wonder maybe there's just so much freaking crime there anyway that it's just a drop in the ocean or a blip on the radar you know that I, maybe again maybe I'm a cynic but it yeah you know that's funny that's true because it could be there's so much crime there every day of the year that this time of the year is the one time where everybody just kicks back and lets the little kids go and get their candy and <laughs> yeah. maybe it levels off somehow yeah yeah maybe um so then the next one you know i'm going to need your help here because as a foreigner well, this just yeah. i've read this thing over and over again and i just it doesn't even make, make sense that was, the words don't even mean cracks, anything to me this one completely cracks me up too so um, so, so this is in Lompoc Valley in Southern California, and there's lots of these in Southern California, which is maybe, right. it's, maybe it's all that sun. Um, so maybe it's all my relatives down there just causing a ruckus anyway. <laughs> could be. Could be. Uh, so, so this is an attempt to discourage crime, uh, and apparently this is all the way through the whole month of October. Um, 
they have what's called flocking, where <laughs> you can pay five dollars. You can anonymously nominate uh, another property, I guess, which gets flocked with flamingo lawn ornaments that appear in someone's front yard. Um, people can purchase what's called insurance to stop themselves from getting a flocking, and and all of this this money goes to uh, to a, a charity that uh, that that kind of generates money for athletic and educational and recreational activities, and uh, uh, which you know sounds like a good cause, but it, it just mm-hmm. sounds nuts. I mean, just what happens if your neighbor's kids are annoying, you just send a flock of flamingos to their front yard. It, I don't know. It just sounds nuts. Yeah, it's crazy because I've seen pictures and they really do go insane. They'll have dozens and dozens of these pink flamingos. Now, you know, I've seen where they've done it a couple of times with these. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the either zombie flamingos or the skeleton flamingos instead. They're the same types of plastic, you know, flamingos, but you know they've got the skeletons painted on them and such. But when they when they do it, they end up with with dozens and dozens on their lawn. So it's to me, it's kind of funny. If that's the most you've got to worry about that night, that's fine. They should start doing that over here. I'd do it. I I'd do it. I think it's just it's kind of ridiculous. I don't know where it started, but uh, I think maybe it was. Um, something that came about from a bunch of youth going and just stealing those pink flamingos uh, off of someone's lawn and just depositing them on someone else's lawn, and, and then it just grew. But honestly, I, I kind of wish they had that here. That's that's kind of goofy. Yeah, I guess it's uh, it's better than a flaming bag of dog shit, isn't it? But, right? Well, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't say that. Um, so, so the next one is in my neck of the woods over right. in Queens, New York. Um, yeah. And and I I don't want to I don't want to do this whole pedophile thing to death, but um, uh, you know this is a, a different tack on the whole. You know what the hell do we do if we have sex offenders living in our neighborhood and and you know the kids want to go out trick or treating? So there's right. a, a new uh, there's a new um, program in in New York called Operation Halloween Zero Tolerance. And I I must admit, this to me takes it to a different level. This is almost police state. So the part of this that I agree with is pedophiles and sex offenders and convicted rapists have to stay home um, during during Halloween from uh, basically from 3 p.m. on on Halloween through to 6 a.m. the next morning. They're not allowed to leave their home. And if they do, it violates the term of their parole, and it's taken pretty seriously. Um, they're not allowed to wear masks or costumes, and they can't go to any Halloween parties, or you know, they can't they can't open their front doors to trick or treaters as well. It's completely against the law, uh, which uh, all of that I completely agree with. Um, the other the other thing, which it seems a little extreme to me, uh, you know, I'm in two minds about, but that's just me, is that the the police can then turn up at these people's homes. Um, and demand to search their homes and, and actually search them for X-rated pornographic material or, or anything else that violates the term of the parole. So, you know, I, I guess take that as you will. Right. Um, I'm in agreement with part of it. I'm not in agreement with the I'm going to walk into your house and search without just cause. I mean, if if, if someone's minding their own business and, you know, there's there's no need to upset what's could possibly be their their whole uh, you know people say well you've lost all your rights once you do this or that but i you know again i'm one that believes in reform for for some people not for all and if someone's trying to reform these types of stressors could could actually lead them to you know old habits um 
Otherwise, yeah, I, I don't think they should. I don't really think they should take part in um, opening their doors to the kids at night. That's that's fine, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's fine. But the the whole searching the house and I, I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah, what, what she said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so uh, on, on, a, on a brighter note, on a less uh, less disturbing note. So San Luis Obispo, um, Cali Poly State University. Apparently, uh, they, they also increased their their law enforcement staff on Halloween. Um, apparently, uh, they did a survey of uh, of 2011 when Halloween fell on a Monday, and you know they've admitted that it's worse on a weekend as as with the one that we talked about earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. But th- this one on, on in 2011, they the whole university had five arrests. Four of them were for drunk teenagers, and one was for someone in carrying pot. You know that. Wow. That, that was as bad as it got Ooh. Halloween. And, yeah. So you know maybe I don't know maybe these university kids aren't aren't as bad as we all think. No, no, you know. Well, nah, they're not so bad. I mean, really, you don't hear them going. There are so many universities around here, and you don't really hear about them going out, you know, as as just university kids causing a giant ruckus. I I guess they have enough campus police to where they they know when it's a weekend. And this is it. This is this weekend. Halloween is on a it's a full moon and it's on a Friday and that's Ooh. where, yeah. So we'll talk about that in a little bit, but I'm going to yeah. let, let Spectre finish telling us about these cities. So, yeah. So, so the next one on this list um, is, is around cold weather. So let's, let's hope it, it kind of chills a little bit by the weekend because apparently in uh, Blacksburg in Virginia, um, in uh, which year was this? This was actually, this was 2009. So this was a few years ago. Um, but actually the weather took a, a significant drop and it was, it was literally just cold outside. Um, between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., people just didn't go out. And uh, the police noted that uh, there were just 12 arrests made in the whole city that night. And actually, that that was pretty much the same as any other night. You know, it did, the, the cold weather really seemed to uh, to keep the crime numbers down. Right. And, right. and uh, you know, I guess an, another one on the same kind of tone in uh, Charlotte uh, Mecklenburg, which is the uh, University of North Carolina campus. Again. The, the bottom line there is that pretty much on Halloween, they didn't really see any kind of extra crime. You know, there, there really wasn't a blip in the radar. So, uh, you know, again, it, it didn't seem to really hit them at all. Um, within uh, Tempe, Arizona was the next one, uh, and, and this mm-hmm. is, is the last one on our list. And this is really just, I guess, about the type of crimes that we can expect on Halloween. And um, I think this is worth bearing in mind, just so you can be prepared and kind of keep your eyes open. So um, around the last few years in Tempe and Arizona, um, theft was about 21% of the crime in the city on Halloween itself. Um, Actually, assault, you know, physical bodily assault was about 19%. And and of course, uh, you know, they have alcohol-related events, um, and and particularly around the university as well, and, and fights that occurred due to people being drunk as well, due to Halloween parties. But, um, you know, I think theft and assault were actually, you know, the, the kind of top of the pile there, which seems to be pretty typical for Halloween. Right, right. With or without alcohol being a factor, yes, it feels like that's definitely, uh, you'd think theft. And, you know, I'm not just thinking, you know, people stealing someone's candy bag. I'm, I'm also thinking, you know, if someone's stealing someone's purse, you yeah. know, or or whatever, something out of your car that you left in your car when you went to go take the kids trick-or-treating. So, um, yeah, it's the smartest thing to do. 
I, I think we were talking to, like I said, Joe from uh, the UK last night, and I said, are you going to patrol on Halloween? Uh, he was saying that, yeah, he'd go out on Friday night, but really it's it's a matter of, of telling people to just be safe like every other night, to just be aware. Um, ex- extra aware. I would say extra aware. Because if you think about it, if you're wearing a mask, that makes it all the, you know, harder to, to see, especially peripherally. Uh, and if you're not, and if you're out there either drinking or with kids, you're already distracted. Yeah. So, you know, you make yourself a target, people. There are people out there looking specifically mm-hmm. for you for targets. And so, you know, try not to make yourself one. Yeah. And actually, you know, we've we got a few golden rules here that we might want to run through that give, uh, especially people with kids, some just some pointers. And, and like you say, most of this is just common sense and being aware. But mm-hmm. um, there are a few here that people might want to just bear in mind. So, so one is, uh, obviously, and this this has got to be rule number one, two, and three, really, is uh, is kids should never go out on their own at Halloween. And, and I mean, you know, I think that, I don't know, different laws in different states, but around here it's kids under 12 shouldn't be allowed out, you know, unsupervised anyway. But uh, right. you know, my kids, I think they'll be 18 by the time I'm not stalking them and <laughs> beating <laughs> them head. But uh, as well no. as, as obviously um, them not being allowed out on their own, obviously you've got you to gotta look at what they're being given in their trick-or-treat bags as well. And if there's any, you know, any, um, any opened candy or anything that's kind of suspicious that may have been tampered with, obviously just... just Chuck it out. <laughs> Don't even take the risk. Exactly. Well, it's just a piece of candy. Let it go. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's right. And I think the other point uh, on this list that, that kind of struck me, which is, is pretty important just to protect yourself as an adult, is if you've got kids coming trick-or-treating, just just for your own safety and, and lack of liability, don't let other people's kids into your home. You know, don't don't go and refill the candy pot and tell the kids to come into the kitchen with you while you do it or something. You know, just leave them there by the front door. It, you know, oh, good lord, kids no! Aren't allowed into your house. You know, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh my gosh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think the other thing is, as, as well, is uh, I guess uh, there are another few points here, but um, one is around uh, just be careful about taking shortcuts through backyards, through alleyways, through anywhere that's not well lit. Um, and if you are an adult supervising a, a group of kids, and take a flashlight, and just uh, you know, as much as streetlights are out there, um, certainly where I live, there are there are lots of areas where it is dark. And, you know, you, you just it's easy to just fall and hurt yourself, even if there's nothing malicious about it. Right. Right. Now, should we even these, have to mention what's that? Not carrying replica weapons on Halloween. Oh yeah, good one. Light, lightsabers don't count though, right? Do they? No, they don't. They don't uh, yeah. Yeah. Lightsabers look fun. Yeah, and they light your way. And they light your way. If you have yeah, to carry a lightsaber, right? Nah, people can see you from blocks and blocks. Right. Guns. And you look awesome. You no. look awesome. And you look awesome. <laughs> But guns, no, no. Guys, leave the guns at home. You never know. Even if you're walking with a bunch of kids and you accidentally get separated, I, you know, the cops are already going to be on, on alert, you know, for that night. So just leave the gun at home, you know. Take a lightsaber yeah. instead. Um, and I think similarly, do we also need to even mention the fact that some kids, and particularly kids' costumes, and there's a lot of horror stories out there this year, are made of... Um, you know, not made of flame-proof material and, and can be made of very flammable material. And obviously, yeah. you know, there are pumpkins everywhere with candles in and there are tiki torches and other other burning things. And, 
the last thing you want is your uh, your precious little one walking next to a pumpkin and burning up into a fireball. So uh, exactly, you know, just common sense again. Be careful, people out there. Um, you know, and that that covers the trick or treaters and the people who are coming to your. Uh, home or, you know, you going to someone else's home. One thing we didn't touch on that I'd like to is that, again, Halloween is on a Friday this year, and that means a lot of adults will be getting dressed up and going out to parties. Uh, I know we will. Yeah, we will at some point. Yes. Um, Keep our fingers crossed. What I'd like to say, and I say this to anybody who's going out, all adults who go out um, at night, either to the club with a costume or to... um, you know, someone's party, even if you know the host of the party, you don't know everybody at the party, Um, always, always keep your drink by you uh, or always keep it covered or have a really good friend. Keep an eye on it completely. Not somebody who's tipsy, obviously. Don't ask a tipsy friend to, to help you out with that. That still happens. Um, you not, don't, not just Halloween. Not just Halloween. Yeah, every other night. But seriously, people know that they can get away with a lot because they are wearing costumes and things they might not otherwise do. Uh, they've got a costume now and a mask. Makes them braver. So don't be a victim of date rape. Um, don't be a victim of violence. Make sure that you uh, keep your wits about you. And I know it sounds like common sense, but really, I, I still see people who walk away from their drinks and come back and you hear about the horror stories that and when you're walking to your cars please keep your eyes open take off your masks if you can when you're heading out to your vehicles um try not to go alone just like with children try not to go out alone and uh always make sure that you have your something a cell phone a flashlight um whatever you can take it's it's a fun night to party we don't want to scare you but we also want to make sure that you're um, you're not getting careless just because it's a really fun party type of night and you're reverting back to your happy childhood memories of Halloween and costumes. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. But you're an adult. Behave like an adult. Make sure that you're responsible and safe. And yeah, I'll get off I my soapbox now. I think <laughs> coming into that as well, um, you know, getting home safely as well. You know, so many... Uh, you know, we and and we in the New York Hero Initiative, we we do a lot of patrols around clubs and bars and things, and you know, right. around the time those those kind of places are closing, and and yeah, we we as you say, we hear so many horror stories about date rape. So there's some horrific things that go on out there that just seem to be becoming more and more prevalent, and and that's going to be one thing we're going to be focusing on as a team going forward. Um, but uh, equally, we we see so many single women come out of bars, you know, crazy drunk and just right. try to make their way home. They they can't even see where they're going half the time. And, you know, just, just make sure that you've either got a designated driver or you've got a cab booked or, you know, some, some way of getting home safe because it's just not worth the risk. That's exactly it. And that's what we're going to do when we go out this uh – for Halloween this weekend, we're absolutely going to make sure that we're taking the cab to the train station, and um, we have we have a designated driver. But still, just in case, you never know. Um, I don't know that there is Tipsy Toe. AAA has a program called Tipsy Toe, um, and it will uh, give you rides home if you absolutely need them. If you if you've had a little too much to drink, um, Halloween there. Are, 
absolutely doing it on Halloween. Isn't that wonderful? They're doing it. Um, they're starting from 6 p.m. and they're doing it to 6 a.m. Um, so if you've had too much to drink, seriously, put the AAA number in your wallet and take it out and call them and they will tow you and, you know, your car gets to go home. It doesn't have to stay there. You get to go home. Um, free. It's free. Free, dude. Yeah, that can't be bad. Can't argue with the price. And exactly. I'll tell you what, if, if, if you're saying to yourself at this point, it, it doesn't apply to me, I'm safe, I always keep my eyes open, I'm going to be fine. Um, there's, there's a video that was posted uh, around Facebook and various other things today of a woman, and this is in broad daylight, walking around Manhattan and various places in New York City um, for 10 hours. And it, it's kind of a, a time lapse of these 10 hours. And she's wearing a, a full pair of jeans, just normal regular jeans, and a crew neck T-shirt that, that covers everything. You know, she's not wearing revealing clothing. And in the this 10 hours of walking around Manhattan, and these are through different neighborhoods, completely different communities, she has over 100 incidents where, and not we're not talking about wolf whistling or, or winking or something kind of vaguely innocent, but where men of, of every creed and color and, and type are aggressively coming on to her and um, to the point where one guy even um, follows this woman next to her for more than five minutes and just walks incredibly close and another guy is trying to force his phone number on her and this is just a woman just walking through Manhattan in the middle of the day and, and you know and, and this this kind of thing is so prevalent um, so you know, I, I really don't think it matters whether you're wearing revealing clothing or if you're, you know, if you're walking through a nice neighborhood or a bad one. I, I think you know you just need to make provisions for getting a ride somewhere, and there's no two ways about it. Absolutely, and you know, Spectre, that falls in line with something that uh, uh, Nightbug and I like to teach our um, our students. The first thing we tell them is, it could happen to you. It could happen today. You should know what to do, and you should do it. Um, but the first two of those, people don't seem to get that in their heads, that it could happen to them, and it could happen today. So they don't prepare, because they don't think that it could happen to them. Um, you guys, we say this all the time, and I know we sound very preachy. Well, it's called Heroes 101. We're trying to help you out. If uh, you could do anything for yourselves, say, practice more awareness. We say that all the time. We're saying it again. Practice more awareness. You'll be surprised at how much you catch and how much you save yourself. Uh, if you don't let anybody sneak up on you for a week, see if you can do that. And um, take a free self-defense class. If you live in Northern California, contact us. We'll offer it. If you live in New York, contact the New York Hero Initiative. You can do that through Facebook. They'll help you out. They'll teach you um, some things to help you out. And um yeah. In between the United States, uh, we've got other hero initiative groups that can, that can help you out. We've got Washington. We've got Illinois. We've got the U.K. Um, we've got Virginia. Gosh, I know I'm missing some, but uh, anyway, you and, can always you know, One other thing I would add is, is don't think that you know through a one-hour or two-hour session that you can't learn something that could save your life because – you know, a lot of Amen. the time, it's not about becoming a you know a pro boxer. It's not about becoming some you know Muay Thai or MMA expert. It's it's just about knowing if somebody grabs you, you know, what do you shout? And then getting in getting in the the practice of actually screaming if some if someone shouts you. You know, you, you may not realize how tough it is actually to let a scream out. Um, and similarly, you know, where would you run? What would you do if someone grabbed you from behind? And there are really really simple tricks that you can learn that could just get you out of a real fix. 
Absolutely. Thank you for that. That's important. And at the same time, don't take the one class and then go out there thinking you're a badass. (laughs) We've had that happen, too. We've had that, too. We've had it where somebody thought that was a license to now take on anybody that said something, you know, that they didn't like. You yeah. don't give out license to kill after your first uh, your first martial arts self-defense seminar. Then. Uh, only if you get a gold star. Only if you get a gold star. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Now I'm I'm looking at the time, and wow, that has flown by. That uh, For me it has, at least. Um, we've got just a few minutes left to wrap up our, our Halloween show. And uh, I really hope that you've, you've heard something that made you laugh or creeped you out or, uh, you know, uh, taught you something because we want you to be safe. We want you to be here next week for our, our next show. <laughs> so, um, and speaking of our next show, what have we got Ooh, next yeah. week? Yeah. I'm kind of excited about this one. It should be, uh, should be fun. Shouldn't it? We've, uh, you know, Halloween was a big event for us, but there's something pretty exciting going on next week. Do you want to, do you want to spread the word? I do. There is uh, one of our teammates, Vector. No, that's not his real name. Of course not. His parents aren't that weird. But that's his uh, That's his call sign, whatever the hell you want to call it, his superhero name. Vector is celebrating a birthday. Vector is just the biggest geek we know. In fact, he, uh, he's got his own radio show, Geek Pile, Geek Pile Radio, that he co-hosts with uh, his, his uh, co-host, Biff. And they've got all kinds of really cool guests on their show too. Um, I just this week they had the Happy Tree Friends creators on there, so they get you know the guys from Lucasfilm, they get uh, the Adventure Time guys, and you know all kinds of. Uh, yes, I'm name dropping because it's fun. <laughs> they don't get Agent Wraith, though, do they? No, they didn't get Agent Wraith, so we got one up on them, brother. That's yeah. it. So it doesn't work um, that way. No, but we're inviting uh, Vector and uh, and Geek Pile to to come out on our our radio show next week. And we're gonna geek out. You guys got stuff that you you love Doctor Who? Do you love Harry Potter? Do you love Star Wars? Do you love Lost? Do you love I mean just anything that that makes you feel geeky and nerdy? Come and discuss it with us, and and that'll be part of our show. Um, Caller. Oh my goodness, we've got Very we've late. got a last minute caller. Can we can oh, we take this? Four minutes left. All right, well let's see what let's they have to it. say. Five ten. Hello, May. Hello, and I who's believe this? Mike is there too. This is Al. Yeah. Hey Al, let's hey. hey. <laughs> this is one of our favorite people. Uh this is actually hey. our our Sifu's wife. And uh hey. she's also a martial arts teacher herself. So um we're pretty excited. Thanks for calling in. You, it's, it's kind of perfect that you're here because whenever it comes to any kind of Spectre, you met her. She had some creepy ass zombie-fied makeup uh, at the um, at the gig, the Stork Club that we played yeah. when you were here. Yeah, yeah. Nice, yeah. yeah, nice to see you. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for being here, Al. We've got like a couple yeah. minutes left on our show. Is there anything you want to share with us? I did just want to add the one thing that I hear from a lot of people whenever we're talking about, you know, being aware of your surroundings and whatnot. I got kind of caught up, caught Mm -hmm. uh, or cut off rather, um, Mm -hmm. trying to dial in and whatnot. But I don't know if you mentioned it, but when, you know, if for some reason something were to come down to it where you had absolutely had to do something, most people look at 
going for the eyes as gross and nasty and ew and not fair and I don't want to do that. But if it were to come down to it, that's something that people need to be aware of to do uh, because that's going to stop it, everything, right then and there. Um, if it came down to that where you couldn't get away, where somebody was already there and you were caught unaware, unfortunately, it, it just has to be done. Uh, that's the, one of the fastest ways to stop something immediately and get the hell out of there. Amen. That's what we teach our students. Um, passed on down to us from our Sifu and his awesome wife that uh, there is a stop button and it is called the ice. If you get someone yeah. in the eyes, there's nothing else that's going to go on after that. And that sounds inhuman. It sounds, you know what? It's We've got 90 seconds left. But you know what? If it comes down <laughs> to between me getting home safely or the person attacking me, I'm going to get home safely. And if it means I have I'm to. I'm getting home to my claw, kids. Exactly. If I have to claw your eyes out to do it, I'm going to do it. So that's a really good tip. And I'm glad you shared that with us. We're not violent I people. I, I but think um, it's kind of interesting, though, that. Um, most people, as, as much as people bluster and say, hey, you know, if it's down to me and them, then it's always going to be me and I'd do whatever it takes and I'd go all animal on them. You know, right. there's still a human aspect that for most people overrides it and, and you know, make it right. impossible for them to take that. Right. Kind of, it's, you know, I think that's where training and, and preparation comes in. Exactly. Yeah. And that'll be another show. Will you come back, yeah. Al, and uh, talk to us another show about that? I'll always try. I always try to catch you guys. <laughs> Sweet. Do. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much. And with that, Spectre, you got any last uh, words to say before we head out? No, only uh, only stay safe and don't have nightmares, people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good happy, night, all. Happy Halloween, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week on Heroes Radio 101. Thanks, everyone. Have a good night. Good night. very night, ten years ago, along the same stretch of road, in a dense fog, just like this, I saw the worst accident I ever seen. There was this sound, like a garbage truck, dropped off the Empire State Building. And when they finally pulled the driver's body from the twisted, burning wreck, it looked like this. <laughs> yes, sir. That was the worst accident I ever seen. <laughs> <laughs>